The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports show, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 68 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Let's get right into it. The Eagles are now 2-5 and five this season after their 33-22 and loss in Vegas last Sunday. Their worst start to a season since 1999, Jess. R.I.P. We were what, four years old at that time? Yes. I would have just yep. freshly turned four. Yep. Four years old. Four. It had to be the early years of Andy Reid back then, 99. Yeah, and what the- year did they draft McNabb? Was, they drafted McNabb in 99, right? Was that McNabb's rookie year that he didn't start and he got put in towards the end of the season? I think you are correct. Yes. Um, no one is allowed to come for us if that is incorrect. We will try to Google that as we're talking yeah, right we now. Yeah, we were four years old. Dude. We were four years old. Okay. I was... Still being yep, dressed. Yep, 1999. Uh, yep, perfect. I was still being, you know, dressed up in the little little Eagles cheerleader out, but I had no idea what was going on. You know, like that yeah, was that was just when I was, I was still so so young and not so you know senile when it comes to Philadelphia sports at that point. In yeah, time. we were still pure <laughs> and sane at that point, in time. and not so mentally destroyed from what these teams do to us. Oh my Literally. god! Sorry. Okay, so I have another little, a couple, a few. Fun facts for you, Jess. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so, so excited. So we're going to break it down a little bit with these fun facts. The Eagles have just won six of their last 23 games. Oh, my and God. And the only teams with fewer wins in that span, the Houston Texans, oh my Detroit God. Lions that we'll see this week, the Jets, oh my God. and the Jaguars. 
We are now in that embarrassing group that you look at and you're like, oh, like they literally make you, oh, please excuse me while I go find the tallest building to jump off of. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, that's bad. When you put it like I, we, we've known the Eagles were bad, mm-hmm. but when you put it in that, in that category and in that perspective, it hurts a little bit more. It really, I mean, I say that I said this a lot last year, obviously, because we were fed up with the ownership and everything really. But so I said it last year, but man, it just sucks to have a second year. I know we were going to be in rebuilding, but it really sucks to have another year where I dread watching the Eagles. Right. And because that's the thing you, you dread watching the product that is going to be out there. Like we've said it over and over again, and we'll say it again. This season was never about wins and losses. It was about improvement and hope for the future and promise and seeing everyone get better, coaches, players. That was what this season was supposed to be about. But there's none of that. And I think like there are on all fronts, I think this game was the most representative of that in a few different different points. And the first one is, it is week seven. You had 10 days to prepare for this football game. 10 days after playing on Thursday night football. And the game plan is horrendous, as per usual. And the most telling aspect to me, of how in over his head Nick Sirianni is, was that penalty on the third and what was it? One? I want to say it was like a third and one, third and inches for the Raiders. And instead of declining the penalty, which would make it third or fourth and six, they were sending the punt team out. They accept the penalty, make it, you redo third down, make it a third and 15. I don't know why on God's green earth, you would ever do that, ever, let alone a good defensive team doing that, a poor one like they are right now. <laughs> I don't know why you would ever do that. It's it's one of those things that, like, you could explain it to someone who has literally never watched a down of American football in their life and be like, hey, here's the situation. This one, you get to do this. This one, you get to do this. Which one do you choose? Yeah. Any moron is going to pick the fourth and six. Any moron. 100%. Ever. You're already complete or stopped them for three times. Why would you give them another try? And there's the, the punt and team that's what it's jogging simply... onto the field. Yeah. I mean, it's things like that that, like, how brainless are you? It, it's that's week seven. Like, I can understand week one or two, maybe making a bonehead decision like that. But week seven, that is an asinine decision. And then to compound the issue, they get, what, a 30-yard completion down the field. And on a third and long situation, you have a perennial all-pro in Fletcher Cox being the running back spy? Excuse me? Like, that play in itself that whole situation of that issue is just the epitome of how horrific, how how bad, yeah, qualified this coaching staff is 
and what they are then projecting onto this football team. Well, and that's what you saw this week too. I mean, as embarrassing and as terrible as it is to watch and see all of this, at least, um, I don't know if I would say at least, but you saw players actually coming out because it's getting that bad. So maybe since the players are starting to say something, maybe that'll work out and something will change. I don't know. But when I say players, I mean Fletcher Cox and Rodney McLeod both came out and made comments basically saying they're trying their best under these circumstances. And it's really not their fault. I mean, you're seeing these guys that are, they paid millions and millions of dollars, especially on the D line. Right. And they're not able to do anything under these schemes. Why do you not, when you spend millions and millions and make it a priority to have a defensive line as good as they are, they are older, but as good as they are, and you spend that money and then you do nothing with them. Fletcher Cox is still an all pro defensive tackle. Like Fletcher Cox is one of the best at his position active in the NFL today. One of the best. Yeah, he's still in the top 100. I think he even went down after last year. Like he improved in his rankings. Right. Like he, he, there are only a handful of defensive tackles in the NFL that are better than Fletcher Cox. And the fact that you have this man literally like doing a little dancey dance from side to side watching running backs, you should get fired on the spot. You know, I don't, <laughs> right? I don't like, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to do that. But like, that's a fireable offense in my opinion. Like I, I there was something, what did Nick Sirianni do a couple weeks ago that I said that was a fireable offense? I don't remember what it was, but there's been that, a lot, honestly, there have been a lot. I mean, that third and 15 was but like that is one of those things that I'm like why are you still allowed to be responsible for this defense when those are the decisions that you are making I am completely in favor of moving guys around different looks around and and trying to show different things to to an offense and confuse them and do this that and the other thing I'm totally on board with that but play to your players' strengths. There is absolutely no reason why a 300-pound man should be trying to, like, shuffle from side to side and, and spy a running back. That is the dumbest thing I've I, – I mean – And if anything, I really – it's something that we said last year, too, is playing to their players' strengths. And then you also hear a lot of people calling coaches in this under this organization puppets. So it's right. interesting because if they are puppets, that means obviously Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are having some say, but that shows their lack of knowledge of what they're doing. Howie Roseman's trying to be the smartest guy in the room all the time, and he is trying to control everything and not even control like getting the guys he needs to do what he wants them. And it just makes him look that much dumber. Like if they want them to be puppets, at least find good puppets. These are bad puppets. They're bad. Literally. They're they're and and part speaking of, of that real quick, did you see the picture of Doug Peterson in the golf cart looking yeah. like a re- new rejuvenated man? So Living happy, doesn't look life. doesn't look wrinkly anymore, doesn't look dull anymore. He's got that freshly Good out of for him. relationship glow. <laughs> literally. Literally that living his best life, freshly out of a toxic relationship glow up. He is having the time of his life. Good for <laughs> You know what? Good for him. I'm, oh. I miss you, Doug. Just real quick, too, before we get into our final thoughts on this, let me give you some more fun facts that oh, I, I had here for you. Excited. So the Eagles defense, as we were just talking about it, gave up a 91.2% or completion percentage 
for Derek Carr. That was the second highest or second highest completion percentage in NFL history that they allowed this past weekend. I hate everyone. He was 31 for 34. I hate everyone. Yeah. And then, okay, we're going to keep going. Over the last five games, Eagles have given up 32.4 points per game. Only team worse in that time is the Jets defense giving up 32.8. We're only 0.4 points per game behind the Jets. Like, these are the teams we made fun of, and now we have become them. How? If I don't laugh, I'll cry. Literally. And then, okay, this is a this is a bad one. So this one I found from Ruben Frank. In the Eagles history, which is 1,285 games, they've uh-huh. allowed eight quarterbacks to complete at least 80% of their passes. In just these past five games, they've let four quarterbacks complete 80% of their passes at least. This is so In five bad. games, they've more than, or no, they have double or almost double. No, 50%. That's what it would be. But that that's nuts, Jess. In five games, they have 50% of what they've done their entire freaking career. Yeah, that's And bad. then also, this goes back to the Derek Carr one. NFL record for a season completion um, percentage is 74.4 from Drew Brees in 2008. Uh-huh. The Eagles this season are allowing a 74.4 completion percentage. Yeah, it sounds about right. So they're allowing the best at, one. At that point, and, and here's here's the other part of it that really, it, when they, when these coaches were hired, everyone talked about, oh, they're, they're players, coaches, they're going to relate to the guys, blah, 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 that whole thing, which is great. And we were all on board for, for that aspect of it. Well, yeah, because they at just treated point, Carson the way they did at that point. Well, yeah. We were like, we need somebody that likes our players. But go ahead, sorry. At, at, no, you're good. At <laughs> this point, if I am one of these grown adults that has been, like a Fletcher Cox, has been successful mm-hmm. in this league for 10 years, and this hot shot comes in and is having me spy on running backs anything he's saying to me is going in one ear and out the other if i have a head coach that comes in and puts a picture of a flower on the bulletin board and starts talking to me about am i the fertilizer are you watering your roots correctly going it's got grossed out chills in one ear out the other Right. Like, I want absolutely nothing to do with that. I don't want to hear it. I'm rolling my eyes so hard they might get stuck in the back of my head. And I have no desire to go out and play hard for this Well, And like you said, like, at the very least, you know Fletcher Cox and the leaders on this team. You know they gave him a chance from the beginning. Right. But after it's time and time again of it's just – terrible play calling they're not setting you up they're not utilizing you like it's quite literally so obvious that it's more their fault than the players right now and so like if you're a veteran in that position how do you not start to doubt your head coach and not listen to him Uh, yeah I I mean at this point like you're halfway through almost halfway through the season and it's one of those things where um, again, the season wasn't about wins and losses, but there is 
nothing positive to nothing. hang out. And like, here's the thing. We didn't even really talk about Jalen Hurts right now. And that's the thing. Like, he didn't play well either, but no one is doing him any favor. Yeah. No one's helping him. Well, that's what sucks too, is because he's supposed to be getting, going back to his flowering method, he's supposed to be getting a head coach that's going to water him and let him grow properly. Yes, he should be. He should be just blooming right now. You know what I mean? As a young quarterback, you should, by this point in the season, have him getting on his way. And now, if anything, we're seeing him regress. Regress. It's like we started to see a little, a little sprout. And then a freaking frost came and killed it. That's what happened right now. Now they're starting over from the beginning, and I don't have any faith in them planting the seed right. No, not at all. Okay, Jess, what's your final thoughts on this game? (laughs) It sucked, and it made me sad. And if I didn't have to do a post-game show about it, I would (laughs) have gone to sleep in the third quarter because I was fighting to keep my eyes open. I wanted to take a nap so badly, and I couldn't because I had to do a post-game show. But had I not... I definitely would have let that nap happen. And it would have been much better than the rest of the game. That's what I'm saying, man. Why don't we even want to watch this team? That sucks. I hate it. Yeah. So mine, I was just going to say, this team just doesn't look good enough. And like, yeah, they're old. They're overpaid. They don't play cohesively on either side of the ball. But the very, very worst part of it is how poorly coached this team is. And that's what it just accentuates all the problems we knew came into this season because they're not helping it. If anything, they're making it worse. And that just all circles back to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Lurie because he keeps Roseman around and hired puppets for coaches. Mm -hmm. Roseman because he thinks he's smarter than every freaking person in the room and he's just a clueless idiot, which we've been saying forever now. And he's just reaching for something positive. He's trying to get lightning in a bottle once again because supposedly I guess he thinks the Super Bowl was all him and not any luck and not the players that he had or the coaching. Um, but can't win a starting job and he played like Joe freaking Montana. It is no secret. It is no secret. The thing that carried that team was their relationship as a team and how much they wanted to play for each other and the coaching. Yes. And And obviously luck. luck. (laughs) Yeah. It was lightning in a bottle and we all know that it is not Jeffrey Lurie. 150%. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's angry. Very angry. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will ugh, preview this upcoming game against the 7 Detroit Lions and answer some questions as well. You're listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29 
Com. Welcome back to episode number 68 of Babes on Broad. As Jess said, going into the break, now it is time for this dreaded game this Sunday that if we didn't want to watch games in Vegas and games against Tampa Bray, or Tampa Bray, <laughs> Tampa Bay, then you're really not going to want to watch this one because it's Eagles at Detroit Lions. They're 0-7. They have, I will give them this though. So they've played four teams that are in the top 10 in the NFL power rankings. So they have played decent teams and they've come semi-close um, offensively, I would guess you'd say, because their defense is just what gives up extreme leads. They've given up 30 or more points in three games so far this season, but they've given up at least 19 in every single game. Right. So their defense is what's really hurting them. And they have come close to beating some of these teams, like the Ravens, they were really close to. The Rams, they were only 28 to 19. So it's not a complete blowout, I guess you would say. But so they have had glimpses here and there. And that's what makes me nervous going into this game, Jess, because if there's any team right now that is, they can upset, because even though the Eagles aren't good, they're still better than Detroit at this point. So if there's any team in the league, oh. the Eagles, yeah, right. If there's any team in the league that the Lions can upset, it'll be this Philadelphia Eagles team. And that's what makes me nervous going into this. Yeah, and it's not even like we can <laughs> scream about running the ball because Miles Sanders is hurt. So, dude, when that happened, I literally was just like, "I'm really sad for Miles, but we're not going to notice it in the game. Like, you're not even going to know that he's right. hurt in the game because we don't see him anyway." Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where like I shouldn't be as nervous as I am for the O and Seven Lions, but I but here we are. You know, here we are wondering, thank God it's a one o'clock game and we just get it over with right away and get to oh. move on with the rest of our day. But right? I mean, the, and that, the, like you said it, like it's things like, you know, a last second field goal by the Baltimore Ravens going in and, you know, they almost, get, what, which team was it where they almost came back and won? Oh, it was, the, it was the 49ers week one. Yes, yes, yes. They, they like scored like 30 points in the second half to, to come back and almost win that game. So it's it's things like that where it's like, dude, you know, if the Eagles <laughs> don't play well, they could easily lose to this team. Yeah, and they better not be going into this game thinking like, oh, it's going to be cake. You know what I mean? I mean? Like having that cockiness because you're slightly better than this team. You I can't. well. I doubt they will because they are an absolute horrific football team to watch. I don't think the players will because I think they actually hold themselves accountable way I more agree. than this coaching in the front office. Because you can tell in, in their press or post-game press conferences, like they're disappointed. Yeah. Whether it's in their own performance or the coaching. All of the more above. so. Yeah. But it's one of those things that like the Eagles should win, but they are playing such like lame and uninspired football and the Detroit Lions are losing games but they're motivated and yeah. playing inspired football which is what's concerning especially after the flower debacle like <laughs> this team does not give me any sort of confidence they give me no reason to believe in them at Thinking all. Think about the flower thing real quick just because you said that that is the most least hype energized comparison ever the worst the worst analogy ever used by a football team ever who wants to be a flower in football if anything be the grit of something uh, like 
just, I mean. Run through a freaking wall. I don't know. And come up with an analogy for that. Anything. Jeez. Anything but flowers. I mean, the, the uh, yeah. I Again, I, I get it. I understand the, the. The reference? Yeah. I get the reference and I understand the point of the analogy. It was a bad one. That one should have <laughs> just, that one should have just stayed. It's not for a football field. Yeah. I, I mean, literally you come, after losing that got in that God awful way. And you come back and you walk into the facility and you just see an enormous freaking flower plastered on the board. You know, you, how many of them did you think that thought for a second, like, I'm just going to turn around and leave? Like, yeah, no, honestly, I think their, their downright real reaction would just be like the, like the frustrated side, just seeing that, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's so bad. But, Especially like guys like Jason Kelsey, he has to be dying in his head. Like, who is this dude? I avoid. I decided not to retire for this. Right. Oh. For Jason Kelsey, there's no way he can stay around next year with this possibility of it just being the same thing. For his sake, I hope that he does the best thing for him. Him. Yes. Um. All right, but with that, what what is your final score prediction before we get into some questions? this i am not excited for this toilet bowl game i already referenced it it is going to be absolutely brutal to watch um obviously the eagles should be the better team and win and you know what i mean but i don't know if that's going to happen so um i'm hoping that our offense can get a little bit of something going against the detroit defense because that's what we said they've given up at least 19 points a game so i'm hoping that we kind of catch a spark there and get something going. Mm -hmm. Um, Defensively, I think we're, I mean, it's all about the scheme. Like talent-wise, I think we're the better team on paper because I think in my head, everything's telling me our defense should have no problem stopping Jared Goff. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So in in my head, on paper, we obviously are the better team and should have no problem. But it's the fact that our schemes are terrible. We have idiot coaches. We have no front office that knows the game. So, like, how much can our talent really do in that fact? I don't know. Um, I think it's either going to be, like, a situation where Detroit upsets us because I think that's a very possible way, or the Eagles do what they're supposed to do, and it gives the front office and the head coaches some glimpse, and they start walking around like, we beat Detroit by a lot. And, like, congrats, Congrats. they're 0-7, dude. Like, And they're going to think that means something. So I think it's going to be a loss either way for us, honestly. Um, but Eagles in my mind should win 27 to 13, but I feel like it's more realistic. That'll be like 21, 20 Eagles. Yeah. I I totally agree with everything you said about having the talent, but who knows if it will be used. Like the Eagles are better than Jared Goff. Yes. And And we've seen that. The, yeah. The offensive line for the Detroit lions is not good. So, and the Eagle, like, I, and the, and and the it's defense so complex to break down. Really, it really is the defense <laughs> on the skill guys that the Lions have. Like, I the Eagles, aside from the linebacker situation, I feel like have the edge there. But again, if they're being put in stupid situations, they could be exploited. So it's one of those things that it's like, hey, if you let the defensive line do what they do best. It could be a long day for Jared Goff. Or you could not, and Jared Goff could look like Tom Brady. 
There's no, like, in-between. And then we'll start seeing the national media. Oh, you think they're really regretting taking Carson? You know what I mean? They should have yeah. moved up oh, and got yeah. golf. That'll be a whole... A whole Something like that. You know Just what some for. kind of comparison of golf number one that year. Yeah, I mean, like... And then we have to listen to Jonathan Vilma, who, who even knows if he knows anything about football anymore. But he doesn't, to, to uh, clarify. Um, <laughs> but and, and then you go look to the offensive side of the ball. And again, like... The Detroit defense is also not good. The Eagles should be able to take advantage of that if they properly prepare, which is asking a lot, apparently, of our head coach. If they properly prepare for the game and actually get, I don't know, their first round pick Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver involved in the offense, a thought. A suggestion, not the Nick Sirianni <laughs> possibility. Told me, but just a thought. <laughs> I don't know. They should. They should exactly like you said. They should have the amount of talent to squeak out a win here. Yes, to win by a lot is what they should do. But they should be able to squeak out a win. I'm thinking more of a 24-20. It's one of those things where it's going to be sad. It's going to take forever. It's going to just, it's going to like go the full game. And you just, one of those where you would like to just sit there yeah. and not care. You're going to care and it's going to hurt you for the whole game. I was going to say, even if they do squeak out a win, I feel like it's going to feel like a loss. Yeah, probably. Either way. That's but, and that's the thing. That's what we were hoping to avoid this season. We were yeah. hoping for like losses that feel like wins. You know what I mean? Like I don't believe in moral victories, but things that you walk away from and you're like, I don't feel terrible. Yeah. Like yeah, they lost, but I don't feel terrible about it. And I saw good things that I liked. I don't see that. It's just their losses, and I I, I feel terrible about them. And we're even when they win, I feel terrible. Yeah, and we're just ending up screaming for obvious things that need done, and they don't do it, and it's just frustrating. I did see a tweet that someone said, let's get a fire Howie chant started next weekend against the Chargers at home, and you know what? Don't tempt me with a I good will be at that game the I day after my wedding. So <laughs> Might <laughs> but, be unwell. Might we'll be, be unwell. There. But it'll be 4 o'clock, so we'll have some – technically it's, it's like fine. 3 after daylight savings, but – crap. Yeah, but we'll be, be there by the time that game starts. <laughs> I know. Oh crap! Okay, it'll be fine. But if there's a fire, Howie chant, twist my arm, twist my arm. Go ahead. <laughs> You'll have us hungover, drinking a beer to get rid of it, and screaming, "Fire, Howie!" I'm in. Line me up. Oh, that's so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. But you know what? Let's hope for a win against the zero and seven Detroit Lions. Go birds. Um, <laughs> so thank you. That's the end of our episode for today. Thank you for listening as always to episode 68 of babes on broad. Always. Thank you to SB nation and bleeding green nation for hosting us. Make sure you're following all of the socials for bleeding green nation, as well as us and babes on broad. Make sure you subscribe to BGN radio, wherever you get your podcasts, leave a five-star rating, written review, the whole thing. And we will talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.